1: Well, good morning, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, it is Monday morning and we start your week off right with Dr. Andy, the doggy chiropractor. How are you, Dr. Andy? I am excellent. How are you doing? Mm. How are all the listeners out there? Well, I couldn't be better. You know, I've got like a gazillion contra- contractors at my house. And I'm thinking that maybe in the next two weeks, I'll be done with all those guys. You know, that would be wonderful. It'd be wonderful. You know, you love the projects, you love getting them started and getting them, but you love getting them done because it's yeah. loud and it's dirty. Hey, we're going to talk about uh, dog diabetes and insulin today. But before we do that, I want to ask you a question regarding uh chiropractic for pets. Now, some people say that this term, paniculus, which sounds a little ridiculous, but paniculus uh, is a flinching of the skin because your dogs can't tell you that that hurts. Is that true? I mean, if your dog flinches, I mean, like sometimes I'll pet Lossie on the back and, you know, her kind of, Uh, skin moves. Does it necessarily mean that she's in pain or does it mean that it tickles? What does that mean?
2: People have noticed if they're going down their dog's spine and they'll get to a certain point and all that skin kind of like crawls or cinches up or, you know, they go to itch it at that point. Right. Um, I do pay attention to that. If I find them on the animal when they come in, I pay attention to those spots. Um, And 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 it tells me something. It tells me I need to go back to that area and evaluate, um, palpate, stress the joints in that area, see if we have pain. Um, Then there's some dogs that that, they do it all the time everywhere. And, you know, are those dogs just their nervous system a little um, more sensitive? Are they a little more what we would consider tickly? Is it pain from, you know, shoulder blade to butt? Most likely not. And do some dogs never do it and they still have pain? Absolutely. So it's not like if it's absent, they're pain-free. That's not it at all. And if it is there, it's probably a good indicator something is going on. That's generally, and yes, it's probably bordering on discomfort and pain.
1: Wow, wow, wow. So you just have to know your dog and maybe do some treatments, uh, chiropractically speaking, and see if that helps, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And if it dissipates, then that's what we had going on. We had a subluxation, some discomfort, maybe some pain. I mean, there's different levels to all of this. And unfortunately, our animals are not very good with their words yet to tell us. They tell us in other ways, like this paniculus response, right? Um, And if you know for a fact your dog has never done it and is starting to do it, that's a really good indication they need to get in and see their chiropractor.
1: Got it. Got it. Another thing that uh, sometimes gets mistaken for allergies and maybe it's back pain is when they lick their paws. Would you agree? Oh, yes.
2: Yes. My very first question on that is it one paw or all the paws?
0: Mm.
2: This is a very important consideration that most veterinarians will not pay attention to. If it's one paw, it's muscular skeletal, Mm. it's chiropractic. It's probably pain, nerve, numbness, tingling, something is going on because they have nerves that come out of their neck, go down those front paws. They have nerves that come out of the lumbar spine in the back and go down those back paws. So if you have one paw that they are licking at, messing with, it won't leave alone. You go to the chiropractor.
1: That's
0: awesome. If
2: If it's all four paws and maybe a belly involved, that's generally environmental allergies, um, maybe food allergies. But if it's all four paws are involved, that's generally not chiropractic. That's something else going on affecting the skin, affecting the gut. Da 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 da. Wow. But like you have one paw and you have a lick granuloma on that paw. That is chiropractic. That is a muscular skeletal issue. And they are, I'm gonna, ugh. they are so easy to clear up in the front paws. It is more difficult in the rear, the way the innervation is in my, in my experience.
1: So that makes total sense because you've been adjusting uh, Asta for a while now. Mm -hmm. And um, she would literally stick that back foot all the way in her mouth. Mm -hmm.
2: Two and two and
1: two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was just like, uh, you know, because that issue is coming from that back end. So that makes perfect sense. Love that. That's a beautiful, wonderful, fabulous tip that our listeners got this morning. All right. Let's talk about three types of diabetes in dogs. You know, what's up with diabetes in dogs? Did we used to have diabetes? Is this just, just something that's come on in the last 80 years with kibble? <laughs> what do you think's causing diabetes? You just said it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just like our rates of type 2 diabetes have gone up. Um, which is okay, so type 1 diabetes is. There's actually quite a few different gradients in people that I'm not going to go into, but everyone is generally familiar with type one diabetes where the pancreas um, stops working at a very young age, like juvenile diabetes, right? They're eight, they're nine. Um, The cells stop working like they should. That's usually genetic and they have to go on insulin. That's type one. Now, all those commercials on TV for meds talking about diabetes and insulin resistance, that's type 2 diabetes. And that comes on later in life, mostly due to diet. Okay. Wow. In dogs, when I was researching for this last week ago article, um, I couldn't find any research about just type 2 diabetes. Everything was... um, when I punched in insulin resistance and in dogs would come up with research on those type one diabetes in dogs, like the, the dogs that they just assume and this is what I've kind of gathered, just looking at what's out there and, and my own experience working with my patients is if they have diabetes, they need insulin. So they, they kind of don't consider this insulin resistance. They kind of don't consider type two diabetes in dogs um if they just kind of jump all the way to insulin and is is that because other meds don't work with dogs? I don't know, didn't find that. Are they just discounting all of that? Do they just by the time they find something they go past this insulin resistance, they're finding Addison's, Cushing's, you know, elevated liver enzymes, kidney dysfunction. I I I have a sinking feeling that's kind of what's going on with our animals is we're missing the insulin resistance in them just because nothing shows up in the labs until it's too late and that's what we that's the care for our animals right we take care of them according to their labs in conventional medicine right they right. treat the dog according to what comes up on a piece of paper not the animal that's sitting in front of them um and that's conventional veterinary medicine from what i can see right like oh let's run blood work and then we will treat the dog based on this snapshot um and so it's going to fall on the pet owners to be educated and preventative in what they're doing, which is mainly changing the diet, which is what we always talk about.
1: And those other little things that we put in our pups, right? There's so many other little things that go into our dogs.
2: Like what, like the dewormers, the heart warmers, the vaccines, all of the other stuff that we don't do to ourselves. so. Uh, Yeah, that's a whole nother key to this puzzle that has just because they're I think it's because they're animals that and that's just regular. We do that to them. Um, And you should see the shocked faces on people when I say I don't put pesticides in my animals. They're like, what? I'm like, that's what that stuff is. If it's going to kill something, it's a side. It's a pesticide. It's killing bugs. It's really as simple as that. And all of them have different ingredients, but that is what they're doing.
1: Yeah. I think when you use the, the correct terminology, like you just said, um, I typically just go right for the juggler and call it poison.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is a poison. Yes. It poisons the bugs. Unfortunately, it also poisons the hosts. Which is your animal?
1: Are you okay with that much poison staying in your dog's body? I mean, does it make sense, Doctor Andy? If if we're doing a raw diet, we we're, we're doing clean treats, we're doing clean water, we're doing chiropractic care, maybe some acupressure, acupuncture, and yet we're putting poisons in our dogs.
2: I remember having a fellow chiropractor. Whole family came in with their. I don't know how old she was. Maybe she was a year and a half at this point. Labrador. And went to chiropractic school, both, both people chiropractors and what are they doing with their dog? They're feeding kibble, did all the vaccines, got her spayed early doing heartworm. And I looked at him, I go, and what do you do for your child over there? Well, we, we, we didn't do any vaccines. We we only eat whole foods. It just clicked on right then and there. Like, what is that disconnect? We learned all this stuff in school. We do this with our human child. But then again, when it came to the animal, we just followed all the conventional stuff, and they have since stopped all of that and educated themselves, and you know, has completely changed their care on their second dog that they got. But it's just fascinating on how, if you have looked at it for yourself or you've looked at it for your children, it's very very similar to look at it for your dog.
1: Yeah, uh, there is a huge huge disconnect Mm -hmm. um, in regards to our pets. And because I think that the narrative has been so strong, this is what is good for your dog. This is what's going to make your dog healthy. And it's just like Pavlov's law, right? Um, It's just like a ding, ding, ding. You get that reminder, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're just like, I've got a puppy. I've got to go get shots. I've got, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the third year. I've got to go get all of these things done. We don't know what the heck is in those vials. Correct.
2: And if you are still in the dark ages and you do not think conventional veterinary medicine is not run by the pharmaceutical company, because that is what is dictating the care for your animals. That is what is dictating our care in our medical um, situation, in our sick care. That is who is running the show. And you need to be aware of that. And you need to navigate that. You need to educate yourself and navigate that. And what are you choosing for your animals? That vaccine that goes into the eight pound chihuahua goes into the 180 pound Great Dane.
1: And Dr. Rob and Dr. Same amount. Yeah. Have you seen, I don't know if Neely sent you the video as well, but she sent me, it's a very short video, but it's Dr. Rob, okay, who Was one of the first veterinarians that came out and really went up against Congress and went into and said, Listen, we have got to change this system. And he's talking about that very thing. We cannot inject this, you know, little chihuahua with the same amount that we do the Great Danes. And in this video, they show everybody's just like looking at their cell phones and they're yawning and they're not paying attention. And he is literally about to bust a gasket. I mean, he is so incensed of this system. And they just are like, la-dee-dee, la dee And you know what they did? They vilified him. Mm-hmm. They vilified him. They ostracized him. As we've seen, the people that are speaking out that they are vilifying are the people that are screaming at the top of their lungs. And sometimes I, I, I wonder why are we screaming at the top of our lungs? Because
2: we're looking for the handful of those that are curious with this. Nope. Not everybody's going to hear us. This isn't for everybody. You know how much easier it is just to follow the rules and take the pills and, and do the thing. Um, this is a lot more work and, and not everybody is curious. Not everybody's interested in educating themselves about themselves or their animals. I went to turn into many
1: a concert the other night and I was, uh, sitting beside, I went to a Lauren Daigle concert. I don't know if you know, Lauren Daigle, she's, she's great. But anyway, um, at Red Rocks, which is always a fun concert. If you ever get out to Colorado, go to Red Rocks, but I was sitting by, um, this, this woman and we struck up a conversation and she told me that she had gone through, um, just come uh, last year, came out of school to be a nurse. Right. And she said, I just didn't even go in there. She said, I just couldn't. Morally, ethically, I could not go into the medical field knowing what I know and seeing what they're doing. And she said, so I've just been saying, God, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I went through the school. I thought this is the way I'm supposed to go. And now I can't go for my morals. And I said, listen, you will be needed if all of this gets broken down and we blow out the entire medical system or whatever happens. I I said, you will be needed. Those people that are educated and have the morals and the ethics to do what is right. So, you know, she said, oh my gosh, I really needed to hear that. She said, because I'd just been fretting about it. But I really do believe that, that people like you and Dr. Jacek and this woman that I met, Neely, and all these people that are into homeopathy, and you look at the Julianne um, Lee and, and uh, Rita Hogan and Dr. Faulkner and Dr. rob all these people that are out there doing it will be much more needed in the, in the days and years to come. Because Absolutely. You, you still got to have the educated people, but you got to have the people that have the morals and the ethicals to do what is right for the body.
2: Or or, or you got to walk a path all by yourself.
1: Sometimes. Yeah.
2: And and that's that's rough. That's rough for people. And I think when people listen to Neely, to me, to you, to Dr. Jacek, they're all like, "Ugh, that's just so easy for them. It's not going to be easy for me. No, it's not going to be easy for you in the beginning, but you got to do it. It wasn't easy in the beginning when I did it. Mm-hmm. I did these itty bitty transition steps because I, this was only a decade ago. I know you've been rough eating longer than that. There was no resources back then, Mm-mm. but I knew in my heart and my gut that this needed to change for them. And so I tried something. <laughs> and got comfortable with that and then tried something else and got comfortable with that so you'd have to take that step it's just the first step just take the first step
1: yeah it was a it was this neighbor of mine who was talking about his dog that was on death's door and this was back in 2000 he was talking about this dog on death's door and uh how he healed his dog through raw feeding and i had a dachshund just like little torchy Oh, my little Torchy. Yeah, little Torchy. Doc, the Dachshund is who I had. And I mean, I immediately switched because, and there was nothing wrong with my dog. I mean, he was only a, a year and a half and he lived to 17, right? So mm-hmm. I immediately switched. It was like, hey, I am not going to take any chances. And I never looked back. And, um, and you know, we see so many dogs that um, validate what we're talking about from these dogs who are overweight, which again is an issue with diabetes. And I, I don't, I can't imagine having to give a dog an insulin shot every day. That seems like it would be very, very hard to regulate.
2: It's so hard to regulate. Oh my gosh. I do have a girlfriend. She's got a diabetic dog and the struggle she goes through to keep the numbers where they're supposed to be. I also think, um, in general and i i fall into this boat i do um what are the numbers actually supposed to do from a biophysiological standpoint are they supposed to be higher in the morning lower in the afternoon how are they synced up with the circadian rhythm, rhythms i mean like there's so much to our insulin production and what that hormone does in our body that trying to regulate on a dog oh my omg like it's it's not easy and you know,
1: yeah. Ha, has yeah. your friend moved away from a sugary diet to a raw oh, yeah. diet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. She's,
2: she's raw fed. Um, now, of course, getting the boyfriend to stop giving treats or whatever <laughs> she finds on the street or whatever the squirrel drops in the backyard. So, you know, it's, it, it's not a person that can go, Hey, I'm just eating this. You have this dog that you have to regulate too, right? And what does she get a hold of? And so on and so forth. My personal point of view of what I have seen, this is veterinary anything, is you will have adverse reactions at some point in that dog's life. It will shorten your dog's life
0: mm-hmm. going through that
2: treatment. It is so rough on the, on the whole system. And I think it differs for every dog. Some show up with cancer, some show up with, you know, uh, these insulin resistant type diseases, your Cushing's, your Addison's, your... your cortisol and your adrenal issues. I mean, it just shows up differently, but every dog reacts to that at some point, but you know, it could be three, five years down the line and people don't make the connection.
1: So making a connection, uh, what are some of the issues that are related to insulin resistance in dogs? What would someone see?
2: You touched on the main one. They're going to be
1: overweight. they
2: are going to be, they're going to be fat. I I actually walked in to get adjusted and one of the chiropractors covering, she looked at me. I looked at her. We kind of like, oh yeah, I bring my dog to you. It's <laughs> like, oh, hi. Um and she goes, okay, I have this dog and she's overweight. I'm like, you need to go raw. I didn't let her finish the whole damn sentence. <laughs> and the rest of that sentence was, we've tried all these kibbles. And I'm like, you need to stop it. End of discussion. I'm not quivering on this. I'm not quibbling on this. You you got to go raw.
0: Well, she needs to go to
1: your Tuesday night question and answer. Mm-hmm.
2: So everybody go over to YouTube, 6 p.m. Denver time, um, Dr. Andy's World. That's my channel. And you, you can, t- you'll just type in your questions. You don't have to talk on, on the air. You can stay invisible. You can be <laughs> curious, You <can laughs> but yes. And I thought it would be a nice forum for people to get some of their questions answered. And then if you're having you know, an issue with a dog, and you're doing, we can kind of hash that out too. So, beginners, intermediates, longtime raw feeders, y'all are welcome.
1: Awesome. So, some other issues that you wrote in this article, Dr. Andy, that are related to insulin resistance. And if you guys don't understand what that means, it's basically this that reduced glucose in the body's cells stimulates the liver to produce more glucose which worsens the sugar in the bloodstream and then the kidneys the kidneys will filter and absorb that extra glucose in the bloodstream and that spills over into the urine which causes the dog to urinate and drink excessively which i think are the two main things dr andy that people began to see a lot mm-hmm. now yeah. Now, here's my question. If your dog is on kibble, they're already going to drink excessively because Mm -hmm. they're dehydrated because they're on kibble. Mm -hmm. So um, they are going to obviously urinate a lot because they're going to drink a lot. So I would say get them on a raw diet and then let's take a look. I mean, if your dog's on a raw diet and they drink a lot and urinate a lot, you're going to know because Mm -hmm. when they get on a raw diet, they stop that. It's excessive drinking water. Why? Because there's so much moisture in the raw diet. So I think mm-hmm. it's easier to see if, in fact, your dogs are on a raw diet.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to take it one step backwards, insulin resistance means the cells in your body, even though there's a ton of insulin floating around, the cells are unable to utilize it. And insulin is a hormone in the body it actually initiates a lot of functions. It's involved in a lot of your organ functions. So if it's floating around and the cells are resistant to it, they don't know what to do with it. Then you have elevated insulin, you have elevated glucose. You start having problems. That's kind of why that term insulin resistance is there. And then it goes into what Didi was saying with the elevated glucose Um, The other reason they drink so much is if you, the term carbohydrate, carbs, carbs hydrate the body. So when you have a lot of carbohydrates, you also have a lot of water that needs to be eliminated. So when they go raw and those carbohydrates drop to nothing, Nothing. close to nothing, very, very close to nothing, um, then they will, a lot of that water weight in the beginning, is just going to, they're just going to, it's going to leave. Because there's no carbs to hook the water to. Um, and so, and yes, your dog will go into ketosis, which some would argue is the actual physiological state all beings should be functioning in. Right. Not, not a pathophysiologic, which is an abnormal. It actually should be the physiological way we function and our animals function.
1: Does this make any sense to you, Dr. Andy? In your article, you were saying the other issues related to insulin resistance include bladder infections, loss of muscle mass, liver damage, impaired cardiovascular health, and cancer. And yet we know that prescription diets and all kibble diets are high in the carbs. So why in the world do the vets keep prescribing that? (laughs) If we know that these are the issues that are going to come out of it, does that even begin to make any sense to you? No. And yet
2: that is, like you say, the narrative that the vast majority of the veterinary community has bought into. It's the dogma that they have been indoctrinated into in school via the big food and big pharma. And it's only the few that stop and take a look. I keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing and my patients keep getting sicker. But a lot don't stop and look at that.
1: But the dots are easy to connect.
2: Yes. I I went, I didn't have anyone to tell me to go raw. I was just connecting dots from what I was learning on the periphery of veterinary medicine and what I was seeing with my clients. I'm like, this isn't working. And I didn't actually, I don't recall having like, this isn't working was all I knew. Like, I can't keep beating. This is stupid. Like what else is out there? What else can I do? But that's how I pretty much look at everything. Mm-hmm. this isn't working. What else can I do? This is only working halfway. What else is, what else is there? Like I'm constantly questioning. You're constantly questioning. Most people just go along to get along.
1: Yeah. It, it can be tiring questioning, but you're right. Mm-hmm. You, you want to move, you want to move the dial, not just a little bit. You want to move it all the way over. Yes. And, and the
2: top one on that list, bladder infections, and <sighs> what do they instantly put them on? a higher carbohydrate
0: prescription diet. Katie, what? So you can feed all those bacteria even more?
1: So my brother called me yesterday. He lives, they live in Oklahoma and um, we sent them home with t-shirts, right? The raw dog food t-shirts. He calls me yesterday and he said, every single time we wear these t-shirts, people come up to us and ask us, about the, the, the raw food, right? Because it says friends don't let friends feed kibble. Now mm-hmm. my brother being the joker that he is, he wants us to get, um, t-shirts that say eat me raw. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, he's a really funny guy. Oh and, my goodness. but, but he said he ran into a woman who had all these problems with the dog. The dog was way overweight and they put the dog on KD And the dog is doing worse. And the lady said, I looked at the ingredients on the back of that. And I don't think that's what I want in my dog's body. People don't know about the raw diet and they don't make these connections of cancer, liver damage, loss of muscle mass, bladder infections with crappy food. CKS, Mm -hmm. crappy kibble syndrome is what I call it.
2: Yes. And I'll go on on a limb. If you are feeding kibble, your dog is insulin resistant and that's the path we are going down. And that's where it will lead you. And then it will lead you into the tunnel of pharmaceuticals. I've got to, I've got to crank their mouth open and shove five pills down them three times a day, which then they come in to see me. Why is their neck hurt? Cause you're cramming pills down their throat. We need to figure out a different way to do this or do less of it. You're actually injuring them because some dogs fight that much.
1: Like, that yeah. is it. It is it is insane what we put our pets through with the yeah. thought that we are helping them.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And uh-huh. and you know it's not that pet parents want to want to kill their dogs. I mean everybody loves their dogs. They, Absolutely. They just have not made this connection. And I there's a there's a pet summit going on or getting ready to go on. And, and one of the girls that I, I really like uh, is in this pet summit and she is doing a talk on how to work with your vet instead of against your vet. Now, I don't think I could give that talk
0: because
1: uh, they're doing things to pets that we see is terrible.
2: So I I'm in that position a lot, right? Cause I. I talk from what I've seen. I talk with what I do with my animals. I cannot offer veterinary advice or, or misconstrued as medical advice at all, but clients will come in and go blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I don't get this. You need to ask them this question and mm-hmm. tell me what they answer you. That's how I send people back with questions for what reason would we do this you know and and I will give them a couple questions and send them back you know cuz I can decipher what the vet is looking for when they do something like they're looking for this and if this is present they're most likely going to do this now you could do and I offer what else the owner could choose to do um I need a specific I'm not, I'm blanking on a specific example now but most people don't even know why vets want certain tests done. I love your t-shirt story because that really actually indicates to me that people are like, I've heard of this raw diet. Mm-hmm. I know it exists. I bet they get this gut feeling like that would be a really good thing to do. But my vet won't let me. My vet says no. My vet
1: won't let
2: me. My, okay. Right? Snap my out vet of it. My said no. I'm like. You know, I do. I think that, that that is a big barrier for a lot of people. If the I, vet even said, I don't agree with it, but try it, that would be a huge step in the right direction for us.
1: It's funny on our, uh, are you overwhelmed button when they hit it? One of the questions is, is your vet pro raw feeding? And <laughs> I got one yesterday and the guy said, I don't really care if they are or not. It is yes. none of their business. And I was like, yes. good answer. Yes. And that's good
2: what answer. people need to get to when it comes to that. Um, I, I know they went to school. These are intelligent people. They learned lots of things out of an outdated textbook and from people that have bought and sold their curriculum. But um, they went in to help animals. And guarantee you, every last one of them walked in that door thinking they were going to come out helping animals. And yes, you need them. You need them to draw blood. You need them to do certain things. You need to use them for the information that they can provide. This is your animal. You have choice on what care you want to do. Some people will sit in front of me and go, I would not choose chemo for myself. I do not want to do chemo with my animal, but my vet said I had to. And they will do it. That disconnect does not make sense to me.
1: Mm -mm. No,
2: I'm like, you have choice. If you do not want to do that, you do not have to. If that is something foundational and fundamental for you and you have to soul short search and get there for yourself, that, that is your, and I will have a conversation with you about it, but you get to choose that. I'm sorry. My vet said, yeah. So what?
1: Well, it's the same thing in the medical field. You know um, my parents during the, the, the COVID thing, Um, my mom went to her doctor and he totally, totally, totally berated her. And because she said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And she finally left. She just said, I'm getting a different doctor. And she did. And this was a doctor that she had been with for 25 years. She stood her ground and she got a different doctor. And I think that if you are, a lot of people say, I love my bed. I love my mm-hmm. vet. Well, mm-hmm. do you love your vet or your pet more? Who do you love more? <laughs> I mean, you might like your vet. And I think that it's hard for people to say, I've hired you, but I don't agree with you. I've, I've hired you, but I only want you to do these things or whatever it is. I mean, right.
2: it is hard for people, isn't it?
1: right and and yeah. and really the the thing that we have to learn how to do is ask a bunch of questions, ask a bunch of questions yes. a, you know, and that will reveal a lot, just like when you and I are doing pet consults. It, the more questions that you ask, mm-hmm. the more information comes out because yep. there's a little bit of a disconnect, you know, where I say, okay. Um, we've got some itching going on, but, um, what about the groomer that you just took your dog to? What about, you know, is it, is it one paw or, or four paws, which I'm, I'm going to ask that question from now on, Dr. Andy, I think that's a, that's a, such a, that'll great, give you
2: a lot of information too.
1: A lot. Of, okay. What if it's two, what if it's just the front two paws?
2: Then it's, it's still most likely a neck issue, a cervical spine issue because it can, comes out on both sides and then you always take into account the dog's personality because the the dogs that are a little more anxious a little more OCD do tend to do more chewing on their paws than dogs that don't so just keep that in mind that gives you an insight into the personality of the dog that you're dealing with too. they'll be n- numb but they're not going to chew on it because they're just not that dog that dog that gets worked up over things so
1: In one of our next podcasts, I would really, really like for you to go over the things that pet parents do that cause neck problems and back problems in their dogs that they don't realize they're doing, right? Like shoving pills down their throat? Well, no, like yanking on their necks with a collar.
2: Yes. Let's talk about that. that. That's a whole nother rabbit hole. And I probably have some very different opinions about that after all these years. Um, So yeah, let's do that. We'll do that coming up. Y'all
1: have to stay tuned. Yep. Stay tuned for that because um, I want to ask you about a dog that I knew and a pet parent was very aggressive with the leash and the dog became paralyzed. So in the meantime, guys, you can go over to Dr. Andy's YouTube channel on Tuesday night at, is it six o'clock?
2: Six o'clock Mountain Standard Time. And it's Dr. Andy's World is the channel.
1: Dr. Andy's, and it's A N D I, mm-hmm. A N D I, Dr. Andy's World. That's very cool. Yeah, at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. So you can go and ask your questions. In the meantime, you can go over to animalmagiccare.com. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting there. Animalmagiccare.com. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I think that's great information. What I hope that you take away from today is that a species appropriate diet is the way that you feed a carnivore. Remember last week we talked about carnivores. Um, We don't give those guys high sugary diets. And if you've got dogs that are fat, okay, we're just going to say it, F-A-T, mo fat. If we're going to be fat- and uh, we're gonna have probably bladder infections, and you're gonna lead that dog right into an insulin problem. So let's get them on a species-appropriate diet. Go to Raw Dog Food and Co. or raw RawDogFoodAndCompany.com, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble, so you Absolutely. can eat me raw right there at Raw Dog Food. All right, everybody, <laughs> we'll see. You. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> bye bye. Oh, snap! snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble, and where your pet's health is our business.
0: Just snap!
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?